Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Wormhole Waffles. I'm your host, Chelsea, and with me is my co-host, Arzu. Hello. Last week, we talked about episodes 13 and 14, which had some interesting costume choices. And today, we'll be talking about episodes 15 and 16, The Fifth Race, and A Matter of Time. And this is starting off 1999. <sighs> the Fifth Race premiered on January 22nd, 1999. was written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by David Worry Smith. A Matter of Time premiered on January 29th, 1999. was written by Misha Rashevich and Brad Wright and directed by Martin Wood. Both of these episodes involve the dialing of some unlucky planets. Arzu, would you like to summarize? First things first, I'm very sorry that we didn't manage to come up with a party like it's 1999 joke. Um, that's true. The 90s, but that's okay. I don't think there was an organic way to do that. <laughs> but I wanted to address it. So, I watched these episodes backwards, but I am going to summarize them correctly. So, the fifth race, yet another alien does something to Jack. Yeah. And suddenly, Jack's head is full of knowledge and language that... Daniel can kind of identify, but mm-hmm. nobody else can. And so it kind of becomes a race against the clock to get this out of his head before his entire body shuts down because mm-hmm. the knowledge is not compatible with his system. And a matter of time involves some timey-wimey wormhole stuff mm-hmm. um, when they get footage of another SG team on another world who are facing imminent death at the hands of a black hole but their timeline is moving so much slower than our timeline that they're basically like suspended in near death until mm-hmm. the team gets to them. Right. Okay. So let's start with our quote reveal. Last week I gave you the quote. I am absolutely fine. There is nothing crevice with me. And your guess was that Tilk was talking about junior when the locals on another planet think that there's something crevice with him for having a symbiote in his stomach. And you were very wrong. I could not have been more <laughs> wrong if I tried. <laughs> just so so wrong so it's jack speaking about the way he is suddenly taking on uh well for one thing acting a little bit weird and saying strange words after having an alien language downloaded into his brain yeah fun stuff <laughs> okay so i can't even pretend to say that I got that right. Like there's not not a single point of contact <laughs> between you even you even cheated a little bit because you looked up what Cruvis meant. Well I wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah. But even then I had no contact. Yeah. That's okay. You can't get them all. Yeah. <laughs> so in this episode we kind of learned that, you know, before we've learned that apparently Egyptian is derived from the Gwold language. And now we apparently know that Latin is derived from the ancients language. The ancients are here. Yes. <laughs> Raise your hand. If you were singing the Stargate infinity song, <laughs> right. they don't look a thing like the ancients in the cartoon. No, they're like, Boswell uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to our Stargate infinity episode, um, that show, which is not canon, or introduces um, an alien race that they think is an ancient, 
that has zero resemblance to the ancients that are later introduced in SG-1. So she just looks it's... like a bug. <laughs> She's like a um, half woman, half dragon kind of being. Right, not a bug, but kind of a bug. Yeah, with like an insane amount of supernatural powers, basically. Like, yeah, it doesn't even make sense. But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, not those ancients. Roswell alien ancients. Well, no, the Roswell aliens are the Asgard. But they, yeah. But so it's no, a different yeah, race. you're right. Yeah, different race. I got that mixed up. It's fine. We won't see a representation of what the ancients look like until season six. Right. They were just there on behalf of the ancients. That's what it was. Right? What? Kind of. At the end? What? To get the knowledge out of his head? Did I misunderstand what was going on there? Probably. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) We'll get to it. I was like, I got this, and apparently I don't got this. No, that's okay. We'll get to it. Okay. Right, so medieval Latin is apparently a derivation of the ancient language. So, cool. (laughs) So, Jack has a bunch of knowledge downloaded into his head. Basically, just another form of being probed by an alien. You know. It's just, if somebody's going to be probed, it's Jack. Yep. <laughs> um, I thought it was, like, both funny and annoying that they're using that old myth that we only use 10% of our brain capacity, which is totally false. But up until, like, 10 years ago, people were still saying the same thing. But it's been false for a long time. I know it's been false for but a yeah. long time, but, like... They're in 1999. They don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like 19, even 1999, they should have known. But like, but what I'm saying is that so many films and TV still use that concept. Like Lucy, yeah. the Hansen movie, or like Limitless, they all use the same premise. So I'm like a sci-fi right. TV show in 1999. Right. Yeah, I guess so. It's just, I guess I find it annoying because they, for the most part, they try to stick to real science as much as possible in the show because they're trying to be realistic. Like, right. you know, everything that's happening with the Stargate is obviously weird and unknown, but they tra- they do try generally to stick to, like, real physics and, you know, but like that. Real physics can just be done within a thing where something like we only use 10% of our brain is untrue, but it makes for great dramatic potential. Yeah, that's true. I thought it's very funny that Daniel, you know, when Jack goes in and he's saying all of these words that don't make sense, that Daniel grabs the first book he can, opens it almost exactly to the right page, and finds this obscure Latin word on it. I'm like, <laughs> you were ready for this, Daniel. He's like, my time has come. Well, he... Assume he said it sounded like it could be Latin, so he probably just grabbed. But have you seen like that shelf? (laughs) There's a lot of probably, and I'm like, okay, and now I know what you're doing when you're not looking for your wife, you're like cataloging all this. (laughs) Well, you know, he knows where everything is in his office. Like, damn, did you like his screensaver? I don't remember his screensaver, it was little dancing Egyptians as close to remembering his wife as he's gonna get <laughs> Harsh. oh i've got more but for the next one. Oh, okay 
Um, and kind of going back to like parallels of using ancient technology in modern times too. So Jack ends up taking like a little power module from a staff weapon in order to build something. Which means that if a staff weapon has the same kind of basic type of energy core as a an energy weapon used by the ancients, which we'll kind of see later in the show, then that kind of displays yet more technology that the Gwold have taken from the ancients. You know, like the Gwold have adapted the use of the Stargate which is an ancient technology. And so like, okay, this is like another piece of technology that they've taken from this specific race. Right. So I thought that was interesting. I guess, I don't know if I'm like reading too much into this or if I've misunderstood it again, but at the end when, when Jack's talking to the Asgard and they tell him about the four races Mm -hmm. and they're like, you're very close to becoming the fifth race. I'm wondering if that's part of, becoming one of the races is like learning to adopt ancient technology and adapting to it and kind of using it for your own purposes. I don't think specifically adapting ancient technology, but kind of being on that same level of using advanced technologies and understanding what it means. Yeah. Like, like not that you must be able to use this, 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 and this in order to become one of the races, Mm. but like, to be presented with technology that advanced and yeah. have the capacity to deal with it and adapt it and work with it. Right. Yeah. 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 I think so. I mean, I think there's probably also an element of being able to come up with your own original ideas. Right. But you know, that comes farther down the line, but yeah, for sure. And there's that whole like implication of the Asgard doing experiments on humans to assess their like biological progress (laughs) to account for the probes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Jack's the only human anybody experiments on these days, I guess. Okay. So Jack gets all this information downloaded into his head and he comes with like a lot of really cool benefits right away because it's like you know carter happens kind of happens to get trapped on a planet where the dhd is having problems and so jack draws out this really detailed schematic of the dhd and like all of its component parts so -hmm. that they can fix it so now they just have this schematic for future reference and then building this energy device could potentially be replicated for a future setting as well and then also adding at least hundreds if not thousands of more stargate locations in their repository Mm -hmm. so it's like they're really taking advantage of jack's knowledge in this episode to like drastically advance some like possible plot lines for this yeah i mean that's probably why they did it because the chasing the gold through the galaxy two seasons in like clearly that's still something we're doing but it's getting Mm -hmm. a little old so if you've got all of this stuff that you're just kind of putting on the back burner then you can revisit it in future seasons yep yeah it opens up the possibility of 
you know, instead of going to the planets that are that they got from the Abydos cartouche, going to some of these ones that the Gwol don't know of and potentially meeting people or encountering technology that the Gwol have never heard of and can be used against them. Yeah. I mean, obviously it wasn't going to happen, but I'm glad that all of this knowledge and stuff didn't come at the expense of Jack's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, yeah, it wasn't obviously true. it wasn't going to happen. He's the, he's like one yeah. of the main characters, but. I don't know that it would have killed him necessarily. I think he just would have been unable to like function in normal society. Well, that's what, but that's what the doctor was saying was she's like, you know, it's going to take, it's possible. Like she didn't know this for sure, but she's like, it's possible. It'll take away your ability to like speak or to understand us or to write. And she's like, or it might just like cause you to crash, which right. to my understanding was that it's like putting a virus in a computer. Like it's just, right. It's going to kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, that it might cause brain death essentially by yeah. overworking his brain. I'm not sure that it would really have gone that far. I think it'd be more just like he wouldn't be able to really interact with people in a normal way anymore. But then but, like, what's the, yeah. or, or interact at all. Right. And then it becomes a quality of life kind of thing. Like, yeah, technically he's there, but yeah. But so he's then fine. He, yeah, so he goes to the... So I guess maybe to clarify what you were confused about. So yeah. he kind of used a combination of his own knowledge and knowledge that he got from the ancients to figure out where the home world for the Asgard's, Asgard is in another galaxy mm -hmm. and built the energy device so he could go see them because even though he didn't know where the ancients currently were necessarily, he knew that he could find the Asgard and that they could help him with his problem. Yeah. I wasn't confused. Yeah, I was. Well, cause you were saying like the Asgard were, were taking the place. Like the, the Asgard are not on an ancient planet. They're on their, They're own, on planet. their own planet. Yeah. It's their okay, home. That's world. where I was confused. Yeah. Cause I'm like, yeah, he wanted the Asgard to help, but then I was confused about where they were. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, their homeworld is another galaxy. I think the Ida galaxy? I'm not yeah. sure if I'm remembering that right. That's but... right. Yeah, he wasn't trying to get to the ancients. He's just trying to get help. Yeah. I liked this little interaction the first time he said something wrong. Like the, I think it was the Kruvis one, but it might have been something else. Where Daniel's like, you just said Kruvis. And he's uh -huh. like, I didn't. Did. Didn't. I'm like, are you guys five? Yes. <laughs> like arguing like five-year-olds. I'm like, you are grown yep. men. Adults. are they though uh well i guess in the most technical sense <laughs> yeah, technically yes but mentally it's questionable Jury's sometimes out. yeah <laughs> and meanwhile like tilk is so chill during this whole thing and he like jack does something crazy and he's just like all right <laughs> like just, it's like another observable human behavior for him to try to figure out you know yeah <laughs> and he's like jack's always doing something that i think is weird i guess the question is does everybody else think it's weird or not <laughs> no we all think it's weird because it only ever happens to jack mm. yeah but yeah they had a really cute scene where like jack was trying to teach tilk how to box and mm -hmm. tilk was like i don't get it <laughs> I just thought that was such a weirdly intense moment. Like I thought it was a, like a, a side effect of what had happened to him. 
because he was like, let's go, let's box. I'm like, why? <laughs> You've clearly got something going on. I'm like, oh, it's part of the big, I'm like, no, that's just Jack being Jack. Well, because he was told to go relax, but he wasn't allowed to leave the base. So I guess he was probably like, well, it's probably like, well, I'm not tired. I don't want to take a nap necessarily. So I might as well like do something. I was like, what spurred him to boxing? And then I'm like, oh, the fact that he's nuts. Like, that's why. I don't know that it was necessarily a result of the whole knowledge thing, though. It's not. It's not. I thought it was. But no, he's just crazy. Yeah. And apparently Kira agrees. Right, Kira. <laughs> oh, yes, I do have written in my notes that the Asgard's planet is called Othala in the galaxy of Ida. Ida, yeah. The Ida part I remembered. Yeah. But I it is interesting to me that the Asgard are like, you're well on your way to becoming the fifth race when we've already met several other people who are way more advanced. So Asgard are racist. Like, is it just that the Asgard haven't met them and therefore haven't invited them into their like you know elite group? Or is it like these other because I'm thinking about like the Tolan and then I don't know if we ever heard a name for the people of like in the Tin Man episode, um Harlan's people. They're obviously have been extremely advanced for an extremely long time, like thousands of years, you know, over 10,000 years. Is it like that the Asgard never met them or is it that these people didn't care to be in some kind of alliance with the Asgard? I would think it's more that they never met them because these people are just kind of vibing, just kind of doing their own thing. Mm hmm. Whereas the SGC is constantly in the face of the four races. You know what I mean? Right. Like everybody else is just kind of fixed in their location doing their yeah. thing. Whereas they are all over the place. So yeah. they've caught the attention of the Asgard. That's true. And I mean, we have heard from the Tolan like that they, there was like a, another planet in their solar system that they had become friends with who they shared their technology with and who used it for their own destruction. And so since then they've become really isolated and we'll see them in future episodes too, where it's like, they just have zero interest in being friends with anybody else. Right. So yeah, maybe you're right. And just that maybe they know the Asgard exists and just don't care. Yeah. It's very possible. Which I think is kind of boring, you know, but, <laughs> but you know, to each their own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting to me that in, you know, the thousands or potentially millions of years since these four great races met and, and started their alliance that, like, nobody else was invited to this club. <laughs> they were waiting for a TV show. Mm, that's what it is. Yeah. Or I almost wonder if it's like they're alliance kind of disbanded when some of them left for distant galaxies and then they just didn't care to continue the alliance with new people yeah could be maybe maybe so many people left that they were just like it's not worth it yeah until earth comes in it's like hey guys we're a little hot mess of a team and they're like okay 
we're gonna restart this band <laughs> did you like the design of the um device that downloaded the information into jack's brain i didn't know what it, i thought it was a thing like a being at first it <laughs> yeah. like somebody reached out and grabbed his head uh -huh. like, what and then i'm like oh it's a thing yeah it kind of looked like hands mm -hmm. without thumbs like, cupping his face yeah and i'm like first of all mood second of all <laughs> things need to stop grabbing jack oh yeah no just like why like this man breathes and something is grabbing him or impaling him or like throwing him in the like into the air and against the wall and i'm like buddy stop touching things <laughs> it's not his fault it kind of is well tilk did it first so also tilk's fault <laughs> so sam got stuck on this other planet where there was a second sun and it was getting like really hot mm -hmm. and i'm like really surprised that that team didn't all end up with skin cancer or at least some burns i was like like sam had like a little spot on her cheek yeah like a little little red spots and i'm like that's cute i don't think that's accurate i think like any exposed skin would be like peeling off probably so hopefully they're being regularly checked for skin cancer after this. Well, they're checking them for everything else. Yeah. Tilk should be fine, though. Yeah. Why? Because he's an alien? Because he's got Junior? Yeah, because Junior heals him from like pretty much everything. So Can Junior heal cancer? Did we have this conversation? Has this happened already? I think so, because the we learned from the Tok'ra that the Gua'uld can heal cancer. So I would assume that... The Jaffa can't get cancer. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. There's not very much that the gold can't heal. Like the gross bugs being one. <laughs> right. But, I mean, there's not much else that can get them sick. So we'll see as time goes on. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this episode? I got nothing to add about this episode. Okay. So the second episode, A Matter of Time, opens up with Sam and Jack flirting. Yes, it does. Listen. <laughs> Listen. There was no reason. None whatsoever for the episode to open this way. Except, <laughs> first of all, to explain to me why we call it a wormhole. Second of all. Okay. I did not realize that until Sam explained. But they've got this like flirty little bantery thing going on. Why do we call it a wormhole? Oh, mm -hmm. cool. Let me explain. And they're like making eyes at each other. And I'm like, guys, stop. Yeah. And then later when the tension comes up of like, do we go save these people who are stuck? Is it safe? Whatever. And Sam's on the side of it's not safe. And Jack's on the side of I've been abandoned before. I'm not abandoning these people. Then the tension comes up and it's worse because they were just flirting. Mm -hmm. At least that's why I think they were flirting <laughs> off the top. Also, they have great chemistry, but yeah, just I was telling you this before we started recording, but I can't remember what the exchange was, and I really wish I'd written down what he was saying. But Sam kind of overrules Jack, even though that's mm -hmm. not like she can't do that. But she kind of overrules him. And he just snaps at her 
and just the, he's like something something captain and just the way he like snaps her rank at her <laughs> yeah was the hottest thing <laughs> this man has ever said it was <laughs> it was just and like she was surprised but not mad about it no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> she would like to hear this in a different context um, <laughs> just like it's always like Sam and Sir, and that's how they talk to each other. Right. But then for him to just whip out her rank like that, I was like, oh my god, he's so mad. <laughs> and I love it. Like, mad, he's hurt, he's frustrated, he's mm-hmm. having some angst. Mm-hmm. Kira agrees with me. I can hear Yeah, she does. Yeah, I don't know if her meowing will show up on the recording or not, but, but she's been vocal. If you can't hear it, Kira's meowing in the back. She agrees with me. <laughs> it was just oof. yes more of this also Daniel was nowhere to be seen <laughs> right it made me wonder if he was like sick for a few days or something and they had to write like, him Michael out Shanks just had somewhere else to be he just wasn't here and then he shows up yeah. like did I miss anything I'm like right. buddy <laughs> it I feel also, like he says it's been two weeks yeah I'm like where have you been for two weeks I well, I was thinking like as a character, Daniel was probably secretly thrilled because that means he got an extra two weeks for his little archaeological dig that he was doing. Well, no, because he probably came back on his own time. Not necessarily. It could have been that he was trying to dial in for days and couldn't get through. Well, do you not get worried? He didn't care. What? Well, well, I mean, you can't do anything at the. If you try to dial in and it doesn't work, like. There's nothing he can do except keep trying. He probably like just half dialed and went, oh no, they're not picking up. Oh well. <laughs> I'll just keep digging. I just wrote in my notes, Daniel was so wrapped up in looking at a wall that he forgot he had friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about how no wonder he's so good at digging himself into a hole when it comes to his wife. Like he was trained to dig holes. <laughs> okay this is obviously going to be out in a few weeks from after recording uh-huh. but as a recording yesterday was james spader's birthday mm-hmm. and you had posted something on twitter about like this is arzu's favorite daniel and i yeah. didn't know how to express this to people on twitter who maybe don't get what my whole deal is so i just <laughs> want to say it here that james spader's daniel jackson would never forget about his wife right <laughs> Not for a minute. Like, he dreams about this woman. He would not go on a dig and leave O'Neill behind for two weeks. And that's all I'm going to say about James Bader. Right. I think Kira agrees with you. She's meowing. Kira does agree with me. Kira's a Daniel bashing Jack Stan. (laughs) I like that this is not a competition, but I've made it one. Hey, you go go on your rants. I don't mind. <laughs> and Kira doesn't mind either. Yay! <laughs> Normally, she, like, naps while we're recording, but today she's just like, Mom. Mom. Mom? Let's go with God talk about Jack O'Neill. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, now we can actually talk about what happens in this episode. Yes. Beyond the flirting. Yeah. So, I did some googling 
as one does. <laughs> so they, this planet that SGT went to, they already knew, I guess, from SG-10's original report that this system had a binary star, which has to be based on the fact that it turned into a black hole. It means it's like a, it's a neutron star with a companion star. And so I was kind of like looking up into, you know, how quickly does it take for a neutron star to collapse into a black hole? And the answer is like, less than a second, which I thought was really interesting. And a neutron star and a black hole that it develops into is going to have the same mass and therefore the same gravity and gravitational effect. But since this was a neutron star with its companion combining mass, then that means that the gravitational effect of the black hole is going to be stronger than the neutron star. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's why when it was just the binary star system, it wasn't really affecting the planet very much. But when they came together and collapsed into a black hole, then suddenly the gravitational effect was expanded because it was had a larger mass. I'm now understanding why I stopped taking physics as soon as it stopped being mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but you're saying things. And I understand yeah. what you're saying, but my brain yeah. is processing it like you're a teacher in Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally get it. But I do feel like there's still a little bit of wishy-washiness about what a black hole does exactly, because I feel like they're kind of implying that a black hole is like a vacuum, which is not really true. Because, I mean, like a black hole... Like, our, our sun could collapse into a black hole, and it would not affect us whatsoever, except for the fact that then we wouldn't have sunlight in order to, you know, heat our planet and blah, blah, blah. Right. And grow things. But the mass would be the same, and therefore the gravity would stay the same, so we would still keep spinning at the same rate. I do wonder if this is one of those things where they kind of put the science on a back burner for dramatic effect, not just because a vacuum in space is very dramatic, but also because from what I remember in like 1998, 1999, the concept of a black hole in like the public imagination was a giant vacuum in space. Right. Yeah. Someone was wondering if they just kind of rolled with that for Mm -hmm. dramatic emphasis rather than any kind of accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I, I just felt like there's a, like a lot of questions of, okay. So if the, newly formed black hole has like a a wider gravitational arc than it did as a neutron star like how much can that gravitational field act like reasonably expand to include the planet and how long would it take for the planet to get pulled towards the black hole so yeah there's a lot of questions there that I obviously don't have the answer to Right. But it was really fun getting into a rabbit hole of <laughs> searching of all this stuff. Yeah. It was interesting. Basically, I, I was just thinking, though, that like if SG-10 got there and observed that there was a binary star system, I feel like they should have been more cautious about it. Well, they had a good explanation for that. They were like, this was their first mission. 
Yeah. And I get that they're all professionals and soldiers and scientists and all that, mm -hmm. but if they haven't learned any better. Yeah. Maybe they were in the process of observing the neutron star and trying to figure out, you know, what kind of stage of development it was in when it yeah. all went to shit. <laughs> Very possible. And, like, knowing that a black hole forms in less than a second, well, then... And actually, knowing that it forms in less than a second means that that gravitational effect, if it's possible for it to have gotten stronger, it should have been instantaneous. So they never should have made it to the Stargate in the first place. Right. Because it wouldn't be in... It wouldn't be, like, an incremental slowing down of time. It would be an instant larger gravitational field because of a larger mass. Suspension of disbelief for TVA, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to more fun stuff, we finally saw the giant wrench. Did you see it? No. Maybe. You missed it? Maybe. Where was it? Sergeant Siler was working on the gate. Yes. And, he like, and he's like, where do we be? Yeah. Okay. That was the exact line. I that's amazing that you remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally word for word. And he's like waving his hand and he's wearing a little hard hat. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You got it. <laughs> got there in the end. So now you know what I'm talking about when I keep mentioning the giant wrench. I'm glad you made a note of it. <laughs> also, we get introduced to a new character, Major Davis. He ends up being, I think, like 15 different episodes along the way. So he kind of like comes and goes through different episodes. He's really nice. And also he's cute. So, you know. Is he a little guy? Um, Not little size-wise. He's just young. He was pretty young. Yeah. yeah. Probably like in his 30s. Yeah. He's the one who, when Hammond was going to go up to a higher level in the building to call the president, then he, Major Davis, came out. And he had some, like, Black Ops people with him. Right, yes. And Hammond was like, who are you? And what are you doing like, in my mountain? Davis. Mur, 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 mur. Do you like all my <laughs> recall of the dialogue? Yes. Perfect recall. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we have, like, two different ops teams coming in, which is really interesting. So they have Colonel Cromwell's team technically enters first. But because they're going all the way down to level 28, Major Davis meets with Hammond at the top before Colonel Cromwell's team gets all the way down to the bottom. <laughs> Timey-wimey stuff. But yeah, I thought it was a really good like protocol that Colonel Cromwell's team had to like come in and be suspicious of everything. And, like, Dr. Frazier was, like, offended by it. But I'm like, no, like, this is definitely what they should be doing. But that's, like, what the TV scientists do. They're like, but I'm a scientist. And how yeah. could you dare speak to me that way? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so apparently Jack and Colonel Cromwell have a history. Just to, like add more pressure on top of everything that's already happening in this episode as if it's not enough. <laughs> Spicy. That's not, mm -hmm. the, that's not their history. Um, no, that's not their history. No, it's tragic. Yes. What it is. And it seems like 
honestly, I feel like I'm on Colonel Cromwell's side. I feel like Jack is really kind of blowing things out of proportion. I feel like Jack is traumatized. So yeah. I feel like his trauma is valid. Yeah, oh, his trauma is valid. Therapy. He needs to stop holding a grudge. Yeah, he needs therapy. Yeah. Like, he, he's, 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 he's okay to be upset. He's, like, allowed yeah. to be upset. But I agree that I don't think Cromwell's in the wrong. Yeah. So the story being that I guess they fought together in the Gulf War and Cromwell thought that Jack was killed. And so they left him wherever he happened to be. And then it turned out that Jack wasn't dead and he ended up in an Iraqi prison for several months. And it's like, well, if he thought you were dead, then he followed protocol and saved the rest of the team, you know? Jack doesn't realize that Cromwell's not the main character in a TV show who will go back no matter what. He's just like, okay, we got to get out. And he just yep. gets up. Yeah. Yeah. And Cromwell points out that they're kind of, you know, abandoning SG-10, just like he kind of abandoned Jack. And like, Jack doesn't want to take that kind of blame. <laughs> and Cromwell's like, talking to a therapist. <laughs> yeah. I really do hope that they are all getting regular therapy sessions. They're obviously not. <laughs> they're obviously not. Well, maybe they're getting like therapy sessions now that the SGC is a thing. So they're talking about current stuff, but they haven't gotten around to like talking about past trauma. You would think the therapist would start with past trauma to develop some kind of baseline. They got long histories though. Yeah, but like do a double session. And I guess, like, also the therapist would have to have security clearance. Which is possible. Yeah. They have bad therapists. Or <laughs> more likely no therapists. Yeah, that's more likely. <laughs> so, as I mentioned in our last podcast episode, in the Spirits episode, when we learned about the element called trinium... I mentioned how it'll come up one or two more times and it came up in this episode and that they're going to make a new iris out of a combination of titanium and tritium because their old iris got sucked into the black hole. <laughs> their old iris crumpled like tinfoil. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I really liked the like effects that they used for everything getting sucked into the Stargate. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. I'm thinking they must have built like a set of the gate room like and turned it and flipped it so that like the window, the observational window is like the ceiling so that they could do the repelling stuff. Can you just repel? Well, I was thinking that they just like built a set sideways. You think they just repelled in front of a green screen? Yeah, I think so. That's easier. That's true. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, certainly easier than having to build a whole separate set, especially yeah. in 1999. That's true. I didn't think about that. It still was cool effects, though. Yes, it was. I liked it was weird, but like them repelling. I'm like, I like this mm -hmm. purely because it's a vantage. We don't get a lot. Yeah. So just being visually. Very yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I did think at the beginning of the episode that um, Teal'c was like maybe had too big of an ego because mm -hmm. 
Sam had warned everybody to get away from the Stargate because they were going to try to cut off the power, and she didn't know if that would cause any power spikes within the room itself. And everybody leaves except for Teal'c, and he's still standing like 10 feet from the Stargate. And then it does have like some kind of short where, you know, sparks are flying everywhere or whatever. And he gets hit. And I'm like, you know, just because you're a Jaffa doesn't mean you're indestructible. He thought like, Junior was going to keep him safe. <laughs> like, you don't have a personal shield. <laughs> you just heal quickly. That doesn't mean you can't get hurt in the first place. Maybe he thought it was worth it. He's like, well, I'll heal quickly. Let me stick around and see what happens. But what was the advantage of staying in there? There was no reason for Morbid it. curiosity. I guess. He was like, this is interesting. I want to be in the room where it happens. And so, you know, if I it didn't get go electrocuted. Well for Aaron Burr either. <laughs> no, it didn't. I mean, I guess he, he learned his lesson. I guess so. Although, even, like, when he was getting treated for his, his burns, he was just like, eh, I'll heal in a few days. It's fine. fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. I had worse. Right? I mean, he Junior's has, had but... Worse. <laughs> but even if you do heal really quickly and, like, have no scars later, I would think that you wouldn't really want to go through the pain in the first place, but, you know, whatever. But he's in trance. <laughs> Did you think... Sam's reaction to donuts was weird. So when was she goes, well, so she goes up to the top of the mountain to work on the problem, and somebody brings her coffee and offers her a donut, and she like takes it and is like, "Oh, never mind," and puts it back in the box. And I'm like, "What's the message supposed to be here?" She's a woman, and therefore doesn't can't eat carb or sugar. Yeah, can't. Put on any weight i guess from one donut so better not have it <laughs> maybe she didn't like that kind of donut but like if that's not going to reoccur i don't know no. i don't know i don't know that seems like a it was just felt like a weird choice I'm like what is the purpose of this moment here i mean later on she uses a donut to help explain to teal or to hammond you know what's going on with the gate which is fine. So like, I under, but would that not make more sense if like she had taken the donut and just put the yeah. donut down yeah. and wasn't eating it right away and then yeah. she needs to come up with this explanation. She's like, oh, a donut! Yeah. And then she like explains it to Hammond and then triumphantly eats the donut. I want a donut now. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like her yeah. eating the donut would have made more sense. Right. She should have just eaten the donut. That's true. <laughs> if you want to send us donuts, please do. <laughs> Or a gift card for donuts. That works too. Yeah, that does work too. It does. I was wondering in this episode, like, so Jack, you know, butts heads with Colonel Cromwell. And it just kind of seems to me like every time there's any officer that comes to the SGC who doesn't normally work there, he has some kind of beef with. That's why he works at the SGC because nobody wants to deal with him. <laughs> the real story oh okay it was like jack o'neill drama queen and like that's it but i mean you don't give the annoying guy the best job on the planet it's the best job because he's good at what he does but uh -huh. he's annoying so it's also an isolated job 
That's true. You know what I mean? And he's at greater risk of getting killed, too. Yeah, so, oh no, problem solved. So you stick him with the alien man, the really (laughs) annoying scientist, and his girlfriend, who has to love him anyway. (laughs) I mean, she doesn't have to, but she clearly does, so... It just makes it seem like outside of SG-1, he's not very good at making friends. No, he's not. He has no friends. <laughs> except except the three for, of them. Well, and apparently except for the local cops, because in that bug episode, the little girl, her dad was a cop and was friends with him. This is disappointing, Jack. I'm disappointed. I know, right? A cab, Jack. Right? <laughs> that's, why, that's why he's at the SGC, so he doesn't have to deal with it. <laughs> I feel like like so with him and then the kind of main military leader in the Atlantis show also has a tendency to like go against protocol and like make independent decisions outside of specified orders. I'm like what is it with these leading men who don't like to follow orders because they don't follow <laughs> the rules. Yeah. When we do get to Atlantis, I think it'll be really fun to have a conversation about the parallels between SG-1 and the leading team on Atlantis. Because I feel like in some ways that they're carbon copies of each other. (laughs) Okay. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah. What else in this episode? I feel like I've covered everything in my notes. I have as well. You didn't like um, Daniel being sassy when he finally got back? I was like, where the hell have you been? (laughs) Why are you so mad at him? Where were you? (laughs) I mean, he wouldn't really have helped in this situation, so. But he could have. What could he have done? I don't know. Some science stuff. I don't know. He's not not actually a scientist. Where were you? Well, he's not actually a scientist either. I mean, useless is what he is. (laughs) You're part of the team, Daniel. Be there for your friends. He had to go on a dig. (laughs) I'm going to dig a hole and stick him in it. Okay. I mean, like, on the one hand, I'm glad he was on a dig because... He wasn't interrupting the flirting with like, guys, look at this wall right, or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh my God, he's C-3PO. That's why I don't like him. Oh no. <laughs> Not C-3PO. It's like C-3PO with better hair. <laughs> That's not fair. I like Daniel more than I like C-3PO. But anyway. Yeah, you're going to make me really sad if you yeah, no, compare I like him to C-3PO than. because I know how much he dislikes C-3PO. No, I like him more than C-3PO. Okay, good. <laughs> I do think I, th- your note is funny for the Fifth Race episode. You said you're starting to think that Richard Dean Anderson just wants to lie down and get paid for it. He keeps getting, like, attacked or maimed or injured, and he's constantly in the med ward, like, in the, that's not what it's called, in, like, the... Med bay? Med bay, thank you. I'm, like, the hospital wing, but that's not yeah. right. He's constantly yeah, whatever. In, the, in the med bay. He's constantly in bed, or he's lying down mm-hmm. on the floor. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. I understand the hustle. 
I understand you were MacGyver. You were on TV a long time. You have paid your dues, Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah. I get it. But like, he's lying down and collecting that paycheck. <laughs> and like, respect, respect. Not for very long. I just felt like one scene. One scene. But like, in terms of like filming, that's like a day's worth of work. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, he had to do all that repelling stuff probably took a lot of takes in the next episode. So he's like, He's like, if I have to do repelling next week, I'm lying down this week. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> but in general, I feel like both of these episodes were pretty, like, unproblematic. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, I didn't notice anything like racist or sexist or, you know. That's what happens when your episodes mostly center white men, so. Right. <laughs> I mean, other than the questionable donut thingy. Yeah, right, yeah. Which I don't even know if that was the intent, so I don't want to assign that intent to it, but I can't think what else it would be. Yeah, like, why else would she not eat the donut? I really want a donut. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any donut places that are open late? Not now. I'll go tomorrow, it's fine. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So do you think these episodes hold up for a modern audience? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I think so too. They're both really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. Mm-hmm. Any other final thoughts? Nope. None at all. All right. So next week we're going to be talking about episodes 17 and 18, A Holiday and Serpent Song. And you're welcome to watch along with us. A Holiday is also a really fun episode. I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Like it's name, time. So. Yeah. Uh, it is time for your next quote to see if you, if you can guess who says it and why. Are you ready? Yes. We're going to have to play a little musical chairs with your bodies. I don't know why, but I feel like it's Sam. I have no context for this. Well, you have to give me, you have to give me a context. (laughs) She's saying this to aliens. Okay. Because they got to do something in order to save the day. And it involves playing musical chairs with their bodies. With alien, aliens, Aliens bodies. No, Sorry. They have to put aliens inside SG-1. And they're shuffling them around. Okay. Like the little, like the worms. Like the ghouls? Yeah. But it's funnier to call them worms. Okay. But like the ghouls, yeah. Okay. So she's saying this to SG-1, re-the-aliens, in order to save the day. Okay. And this is definitely ghouls or just I don't possibly? Know. I don't think it's ghouls. Okay. Because but the implications of sticking a gold in somebody's body are very high. So yeah. I don't think it's gold. Okay. But something similar. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see if you're right next time. That's it for today. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can find us on our podcast Twitter and Tumblr page at Wormhole Waffles. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Chelsea Fairless. And if you like what you've listened to and you want to rate and review on your listening area of choice, we would really appreciate that. Arzu, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin, and you can find me at Arzu D2 on Tumblr, Instagram, Hive. Yeah, that's it. Tumblr, Instagram, and Hive. Um, as a network, we are on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the geeky waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Tumblr. And we are at thegeekywaffle.com. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon.